You're listening to the Purposeful Career Podcast with Carla Hudson, episode number six. I'm Carla Hudson, brand strategist, entrepreneur, and life coach. Whether you're on the corporate or entrepreneur track, or maybe both, decades of experience has taught me that creating success happens from the inside out. It's about having the clarity, self-confidence, and unstoppable belief to go after and get everything you want. If you'll come with me, I'll show you how. Well, hello, friends. How are you guys doing today? I am amazing. I am loving life because the weekend that I'm recording this, it is the Super Bowl. Today, my Kansas City Chiefs are trying for back-to-back championships. What? I am so excited. Anybody who knows me at all or has taken even the most casual of spin buys on my personal Facebook page knows I'm very hardcore. Fall is my jam. Football Sundays are my thing. And I have been a Chiefs fan since my early 20s. So I feel it's important to say I am not a bandwagoner. I'm not a Fairweather fan, and I did not just jump on this train last year. I have been loyal through all the dark, lonely years when we could not scare up more than a few wins a season. I got laughed at, disrespected by all the other kind of football friends I have who actually, you know, for years were with, were fans of winning teams. And, you know, now here we are. That said, you know, we're playing the Bucks and Tom Brady is no joke. So this is going to be interesting. It's going to be a, a nerve shattering sort of game, I predict, because my Chiefs really enjoy coming back from behind. I think they're sort of adrenaline junkies. <laughs> and so what we're going to see tonight is not only probably some of that, which is kind of how they, it's my team's MO, but two great quarterbacks, one at the beginning of what I am sure is it's already been a record shattering career, but what is to come for Patrick Mahomes? Who knows? Um, I am so excited. And one, you know, Tom Brady, it was never a Patriots fan. I do respect him. My goodness. I mean, how many Super Bowls has that dude won? And in addition to that, just at his age to be playing at the top of his game, he deserves a lot of respect. And as I was thinking about these this game that I'm so excited about, and these two really superstar quarterbacks, and the mental strength that it took each of them to not only get to the NFL, and then get to the top of their game, but to each now be in, you know, what's for them a multiple Super Bowl situation. It's amazing. I mean, that takes not only huge talent, but really mental discipline and drive. And that kind of led me to what I wanted to talk about today, which is soothing your inner critic. This is something that's really foundational to the work that I do. In my company, The Purposeful Career, I really work with clients who are primarily looking to either up level or make some shift in their corporate career or make the transition into entrepreneurship. And we treat the whole person. So we don't, while career is kind of the way in, 
you know, your career affects your life and your life affects your career. So we do deal with the whole person. So inside my practice, we also do a lot of personal life coaching as well, because one affects the other. But a specialty area for me is helping people overcome feelings of self-doubt and uncertainty so that they can go do the things they want in their life and their career or business from a place of ease and confidence. So quieting the inner critic is a big part of that. You know, the inner critic is, we all have it. For some of us, it flares up occasionally. And for some of us, like me, it's been a constant companion. It's that negative internal voice that accuses and demeans and says super nasty things to us. The problem is it's not coming from outside. It's coming from inside of us. So we can't really get away from it. And that voice is an accuser and it keeps us in fear. So we kind of play smaller than what we want to do. We shrink back from our dreams or hide from our dreams because that inner critic has convinced us that we're just not enough, that we can't do it, that if we try, we're going to make a fool out of ourselves or fail or whatever. There's a million flavors that it can take, but it is there. And we, I think all know that voice. So in this episode, I really want to talk about where the inner critic comes from and why it does the things it does. Because if we learn to understand why it's doing the things it does in the first place, that goes a long way to helping us figure out how to soothe our own flavor of inner critic. Because like I said, it is inner. It's not external. It's not a person you can just decide not to deal with anymore. This is the voice in your head. It's in your brain it's hardwired in and we can retrain it. We can develop new neural pathways. We can develop new ways of thinking, but that inner critic is going to flare up at different times of your life. And so what we want to do is have it not get in your way. And what we're going to talk about in this episode is trying to understand where it's coming from. All through February, we're going to talk about flavors of this and self-doubt and all of that. So let's go ahead and dive in because this is, I think, a really interesting topic and one that's going to be super useful to a lot of us. So let's start with what triggers the inner critic. Usually it's triggered by an event or an interaction that our brain classifies as disappointing or potentially disappointing, painful, or threatening in some way. So when that happens and our brain classifies that situation or interaction or whatever as potentially disappointing, painful, or threatening, our brain will serve up a thought about that that basically accuses us. You know, our brain will accuse ourself of being somehow responsible for it. It tries to convince you that this thing is happening or about to happen because of some defect that you have. Might be around lack of motivation, lack of intelligence, lack of skills, lack of likability, lack of good looks. Like there's a million flavors the inner critic can take on. It is our biggest and I think nastiest accuser. 
because it knows, <laughs> because it's coming from inside, it knows all of our vulnerabilities. And that is exactly where it attacks. It might say things like, I can't believe you did that. You're so stupid, irresponsible, fill in the blank. You can't do that. Who do you think you are? You are such a loser. It's all your fault. You just didn't try hard enough. Most of us are very well acquainted with that voice. I know I am for sure. It has been for me throughout my career, my constant companion. And even as I climbed the ranks, I could turn it off. I learned how to sort of overcome it in my corporate career. As I made the pivot into entrepreneurship, it was back again with a vengeance. So as we go through our lives and there's new things that we want to go do, either personally or professionally, it's those moments where we're about to step into our next level self that it comes. And it goes for the jugular. <laughs> it goes for the, our most vulnerable, sensitive parts. But why does it do that? Well, it's kind of like the scary movies I used to love in junior high. The enemy is coming from inside the house. It is not coming from outside. You cannot shut down contact with it. You can't just label it as toxic or a frenemy and stay away from it like you might a person. It is inside your brain. It's always there. So if this thing is going to be your constant companion, we need to understand it. I think even make friends with it and have a bit of compassion for it. Because as we're about to dive in, you're going to see that there are some very solid, if misguided reasons why your brain is doing this. And if we learn how to soothe it, we can, when it flares up, we can kind of know how to calm it down and stop it from trying to scare you to death. <laughs> but more on that later. We'll, we'll, towards the end of this episode, we'll actually go into some ways that you can learn in the moment how to deal with a flare up. But first, I really want to focus on why. Because I, I just don't think it's talked about enough. And we talk about shutting off and silencing our inner critic and all that stuff. But let's, Let's actually come from a place of compassion today because that thing is so active inside of you because it's trying to help you. And again, it's misguided, but it is trying to help you. So let's look at why it flares up. It really comes down to three key reasons. The first reason is it's trying to motivate you. So this is the mental equivalent of cracking the whip, <laughs> telling you to get going. The inner critic in this scenario, wants you to be prepared for worst case scenario. So it's trying to galvanize you through kind of negative motivation. And it also tends to come with a twist. So even though the motivation part is positive, it talks to you in a way that's kind of nasty. It always has a little dark underbelly. It might tell you things like, stop being so lazy, get busy. The get busy part's not bad, right? But it's the, the accuser part, the lazy part that's not great. Or you better get busy or else. See, it's the or else that's sort of that veiled, scary threat. And you, you know, when you hear that inside your head, fear starts to rise. Or you better move it or it's going to be too late. I hear that from a lot of my clients. I better put the pedal to the metal or I better get busy or it's going to be too late. So it's all this too language. 
you're too old, you're too young, it's too late, it's too early, it's whatever. And while it's not my preferred way to motivate someone, this kind of negative emotion sort of does work sometimes. For example, especially when we're younger, some coaches use it in sort of a tough love way in sports. And for some of us, I know I was one of those, when it's used in our youth and it's something that we're highly motivated to go do, that you better move it, you know, stop being so lazy, that kind of stuff can sometimes give us the grit to dig deeper, to do better and work harder. Unfortunately, what I have found, not only with myself, but with the people that I coach, is that this approach might work. It's probably always ill-advised, but it might work early on in our lives. But what happens is when it sort of works the first few times that it happens, that talk track gets hardwired into our head and it becomes a way that we, you know, the brain tries to motivate us in the future. And it becomes this non-virtuous cycle of trash talking that while it, again, it might've had some limited upside in our youth over time, all it does is scare the bejeebers out of us, right? And it drains us. For me, it's really about those negative, scary phrases, the sort of veiled threats, the or else, or it'll be too late. This scary dialogue wears you down over time. And eventually, instead of motivating you, you start to believe what it's saying. You start to believe it really is almost too late. And it feels, it paralyzes you, right? Or the or else, like, you know, this veiled threat of what does or else even mean? You better get busy or else, or else what? You'll be fired. You'll be, it's all this scary stuff that we end up believing is just about to happen to us if we're not perfect. So you start to believe that you're lazy or unmotivated or whatever, when really you're not, or at least probably not all the time. Some of us, you know, we all are occasionally, but you start to believe that there might be dire consequences if you don't do it. And so everything that you do comes from this place of feeling slightly sick to your stomach or feeling under threat like you're doomed in some way. So while your inner critic might be trying to motivate you, its negative approach is harmful, especially over time, the older that we get. So the first thing that the inner critic is trying to do, even though it's misguided, is to motivate us. The second thing it's trying to do is to help you feel that you're more in control of things than, quite frankly, you actually are. By criticizing ourselves, the inner critic is trying to give us the illusion that we're actually in control by making ourselves kind of responsible for the bad thing that happened or that might happen. By trying to convince us that if we just try harder or do better, we can actually make the situation or interaction turn out the way we want that if we just are perfect, we will get that thing that we want so bad. And I have to tell you, you already know it, but I'm just going to say it. We are not in control of most things that happen to us. Much as we would like to be, we're not. All that we can do is our best. Show up fully, bring our best to the situation. But some of the time, the outcome is not going to be what we want. 
And it certainly is not entirely in our control. So let's go back to the Super Bowl example. The outcome of this year's game is anybody's guess. We'll find out this evening. Both teams are fierce competitors or they wouldn't be there. Both quarterbacks are talented. There's deep talent on both teams. But to a large degree, the outcome of the game is going to depend on how well each team responds to the situations that occur by taking advantage of the opportunities where they can and reducing the impact of the negative when possible. The same is true for us in our lives and our careers. We just, no matter how perfectly we perform, we still may not get that job that we want. We might get passed over for promotion. And while your inner critic will tell you that it's your fault that you didn't do X, Y, Z, and if you'd just done that, you would have gotten that thing. The truth is, maybe you did do your best. Maybe you gave it everything you got, but another candidate was more qualified. That happens. It doesn't mean you're lazy, bad, stupid, or doomed. It just means that wasn't your job. No matter how hard we try, we do not have control of all of the situations we experience and the outcomes of those. Your brain or your inner critic, unfortunately though, likes certainty. It wants to be able to say, okay, I want to go do this new thing. And it wants to try to convince you that if you do everything absolutely perfectly, whatever that means, that you'll actually be able to get it. And sometimes you will, and sometimes you won't. So the inner critic actually launches its attack to try to help you so that next time you work just a little bit harder so you do get that thing so that you can control the outcome. It's coming from a good place, but of course, the brain, your brain is wrong. We are not in control of most things. We are only in control of how we choose to respond to or think about the things that we encounter. And that leads us to the last reason your inner critic does its thing. It is trying to keep you safe. So when the brain sees something that it thinks could be a potential disappointment or threat to your happiness or well-being, it'll rely on the inner critic or your basically your primitive brain to scare you by accusing you of being the problem. That is your brain's way of ensuring you avoid putting yourself out there. It tells you you're not enough, that you can't do it. It keeps you playing small so that you stay safe. And the problem is that by convincing you that you're the problem or that you're to blame or that you're not enough or that you just need to work harder before you actually go try to do that thing, instead of keeping you safe or motivating you, This flavor of inner critic is actually eroding your self-esteem because you start to believe you can't count on yourself or that you really are not enough. It's a lie, of course, but when that voice is running, it feels true and it'll keep you playing small. You will not pursue those things you want to do. It happened to me for a long time on starting this business. In my corporate career, same thing when it came to speaking in front of really large groups at conferences. I invented very creative ways to get out of doing that. It was like, this is not happening. I'm not doing that. 
right? Because I thought there's no way that is dangerous. It's not safe. I'm not going to talk to a conference of 500 people. Not happening. And I convinced myself I couldn't do it. This is not helpful. <laughs> this, this flavor of inner critic is not helpful. Now for our caveman ancestors, the primitive brain's ability to say, it may not be safe out here on your own, actually protected them from being potentially eaten by the lion, right? So staying in the cave or staying in the center of the pack or with the pack kept them safe. But in today's world, we don't have to fear the lion. We really just have to learn how to work with a brain that is, I would say, not as busy <laughs> with legitimate tasks. The primitive brain doesn't have as much to do in modern world as it did in the caveman world, where there were very real threats, where we actually could get eaten by the lion. Now it just is here trying to protect us from things that aren't really dangers. And the problem is, if it goes unchecked, it really erodes who we are. So just to recap the three reasons, the inner critic is trying to, in a misguided way, keep us motivated to help you feel more in control and to keep you safe. So Notice, like back to the beginning, I called this episode soothing your inner critic. I don't like to talk in terms of silencing, killing, or taming. Your inner critic is not your enemy. It is your misguided friend. That is the way to think about it. You don't have to resist it. You don't have to combat it. This is not a war that you want going on inside your head. You need to first understand it, which is why I started there. So have some compassion for the fact that it's trying to help you. Granted, not in a very skilled or actually helpful way, <laughs> but the point is that it's trying to. And you're one in the same, it's part of you, right? Or the, the inner critic is, is inside the house. So you need to be compassionate with it and understand that it's trying to help you. So what do you do about it? And we'll go more into this in the rest of the episodes in February, but there are really four things to do when it comes to dealing with the inner critic. And the first thing is to notice the thoughts and to stay aware of them. So when the trash talking starts, pay attention to it from the perspective of that you believe it, but recognize it for what it is. It's trying to motivate you, help you feel more in control, or keep you safe. So number one is notice the thoughts and stay aware of them. And the second is, in a loving way, just inside your brain, acknowledge them. Just say, hey, I see you. I hear you. That's what I did with this business. It's like, I hear you. And thanks for trying to keep me safe, for looking out for me. But I'm going to do this anyway right? So it's like, I see you, I'm not resisting you. And I appreciate you're trying to keep me safe. And then number three is, we're going to do this a different way. You know, so you're kind of showing your inner critic who's boss, but from a, a place of ease. And then proactively choose a thought that you want to think when your inner critic flares up. Maybe it's something like, I'm going to give this my best shot. I've got this. I'm all in. Don't worry. We've got this. Something like that is a really good replacement thought 
when your inner critic is trash talking. These thoughts come from a place of confidence. So let's go back through that really quick. What you need to do is notice the thought when it flares up, when it's telling you all these scary things, acknowledge it in a loving way, just inside your mind. Hey, I see you. Thanks for trying to keep me safe. And the number three is we're going to do this a different way. And then number four, choose the thought you want to have instead of the scary one. Your inner critic was serving up. It might be something like, I'm going to give this my best shot. I've got this. I'm all in. Don't worry. So now that you really understand that your inner critic is just that part of your brain that is frightened and wants you to be safe, then you know that a thought like I've got this is going to soothe it. It might still be there whispering, but you don't have to listen to it. It's not real. Sometimes when we have those thoughts in our head, they feel real. They are not real. The fear may still be there, even while you're trying to convince yourself that you've got this, and that's okay. Maybe for a while, the confidence and the fear need to live side by side and find a way to coexist until finally your confidence will win and your inner critic will sort of relax. It'll flare up occasionally, but the more you do this, the more it will recede into the background and the more confident you'll feel on a consistent basis. Will you succeed every time? Maybe not. It's okay. We know we don't always get everything we want, but then that's really not the most important thing right now, is it? The most important thing in life is that we fully show up, that when we have dreams or ambitions, that we don't talk ourselves out of them because we're afraid. If we decide after considering them that it isn't something we want to go do, that's fine. But to shrink back, to play small, to play someone else's game because we're afraid to go play our own, because our inner critic is yammering away in our ear, that is not okay. And I'm very passionate about this because again, it was kind of my constant wingman for most of my life. And I pushed through it, but all of my efforts kind of came from a place of anxiety and unease. And when you soothe your inner critic, you can really get to a place where it very rarely flares up. And once it's mostly soothed, when it does show up again, you can kind of gently show it who's boss. And that is what I wish for you. So that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed the session and I hope you start to soothe your own inner critic so that you go for everything that you want. Until next time, make it a great week, friends. Do you have a life coach? If not, I'd be so honored to be your coach. I've created a virtual coaching program and monthly membership called Next Level. Inside, we take the material you hear on this podcast, study it, and then apply it. Join me at thepurposefulcareer.com backslash next level. Don't forget the, thepurposefulcareer.com backslash next level. Join me and together we'll make your career and life everything you dream of. We'll see you there.